Paul, if I do disappear, just take it on and I'll we'll figure it out and we'll go from there. But yeah. Can we make you disappear? I love I love the idea of this just being a cold open to the podcast. I think we should leave this in. <laughs> Hello and I... welcome to Stramash. Oh, do you want me to do that bit? Have I got a shout now? <laughs> no, Cameron, do, do we all do, do it? Do we all do it one by one? Hello and welcome to Stramash, the NFL Scotland podcast formerly known as the NFL Scotland podcast. That's no, Stramash. <laughs> that's if we ever get onto Radio 4, that'll be my intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. Week 5, done and dusted. Fascinating week. Teams that were shite are no longer shite. Teams that weren't shite now are. Lots to discuss, lots to talk about. The Buffalo Bills came to London. The Bears won a game. Nathaniel Hackett had the last laugh. Gordon's laughing in the jaws of defeat. We don't know what Charles is doing, but he's here after the Packers have lost. So we'll count that. And then... And the Saints managed not to concede a point and Derek Carr threw some touchdowns. It's been an eventful couple of days. Let's uh, get straight into it. Uh, Charles Patterson, Gordon McGuinness, and of course, Paul Mitchell here with me to do all this. We'll get to your belters in just a minute. But gentlemen, we've got Charles for just a limited period. Mm. Uh, just back from London, obviously, we look forward to getting your thoughts on your Abba. London experience. Abba, by the way, is absolutely amazing, I have to say. I was on the way, so if you've not been to see Abba, if you love a concert experience, go and see Abba. Paul's looking at me, this is more your generation, by the way, Mitchell. Can I just, just say that we've just been promised this brand new limited edition, Charles Patterson, I don't know if you're gold-plated <laughs> now or what, and rather than talk American football, you're talking Abba. I once got out of a, the Abba show by managing to get to go to Arsenal instead. So no, well, not my thing. No, you, you, you honestly, it, I, I've been in many concerts over the years. It was unbelievable. You genuinely couldn't work out whether or not they were real or not, even though I knew they weren't real. But <laughs> it was almost, which, which almost it was it was much more real than Jordan Love's passing up attempts last night. And I'll tell you that much. Speaking speaking of which. Uh, as much as it's good to talk about ABBA, we do need to turn our attention to the NFL. And as they say in the Bible, I think I'm possibly paraphrasing, let he who is without winning record cast the first stone. So, Charles, let's talk about the Packers. That, that's exactly the quote. I've done a sermon on that before. It's great. Come on, Charles. Sermon on the mount. <laughs> sermon on the cheesehead. Come on. What's wrong? What's broken, Charles? Nothing's, nothing's broken. They just didn't play very well. Look, bottom line is this. Um, I said at the start of the season they'd probably go 8-9. and nine. I think that was my prediction. And they're still more or less on track to do that. They could be 1-4. They could have been 4-1. and one. As it is, they're 2-3. It is what it is. They've had, he's had a couple of good games. Love, he's had a couple of bad games. Are um, you concerned? Mis- no, I'm not. Oh, Jenny, I'm not I, concerned. It's so, like, one of these... No, shut up. Listen, let, let me speak. <laughs> uh, I've only got 20 minutes, so I want to get... have the same game numerous times. It's just... He's, he's played five... Gordon, different. Gordon, he's played five... This is his sixth start, all right? He's... So many times, numerous times, he played decent enough against a horrific Bears defence in week one. He played pretty well against Atlanta in week two. Um... And they could have won the game. They didn't. He played poorly for two two and a half quarters against the Saints, and then the Saints fell to bits. And he played pretty well, and they won the game. He wasn't very good against Detroit, and he wasn't very good against the Raiders. He's got the youngest receiving core in the NFL. Um, he's missing the best player in their team, in Aaron Jones, who's a major support for him. He's also missing David Bakhtiari, who's the best 
Lyman. The line has been terrible. The line has been but the, yeah, the line yeah. has been terrible, and the line was meant to be better. And that would be my major concern. Um, they still had chances to win that game last night. Look, what, what are we expecting out of the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Lowe this year? You're expecting ups and downs. He's got pretty much, after five games, exactly the same record that his predecessor had after five games as a starter in his first season. I'm not going to judge this until the end of the year. They've got him on a two-year contract. If he completely bottoms out and tanks in about week 10, 11, 12, and they don't win another game, then there's a conversation to be had. I think that they'll probably get to about 500 with you know before Christmas, and they might be in with a shot of, of a wildcard spot, like a lot of teams in the NFL, in the NFC, I should say. But it's they haven't been blown out. They didn't look very good at all against Detroit last week, and Detroit are probably one of the top six teams in the league at the moment. They're not at that level, but that's about they, it. That's where it is. As a team, they haven't played a good four quarters. No, they haven't. At, since week one against the Bears, which comes... The it doesn't count because it's the Bears. The The interesting thing I thought... So when the play happened, I laughed knowing that we we're coming on the podcast, but the interception that he threw, the first interception that for Robert Spillane, the one that was just like... It's a horrible pass. there. Lamar Jackson has thrown the exact same interception to Robert Spillane when he played with the Steelers at mm. like <laughs> almost the same possession of the field. Like, just like, how have you not seen this player here? And actually, like, the Jordan Love interception and one of the Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions, I can't remember if mm. it was or not, were thrown to the point whereby it was closer to being intercepted by two players than it was caught by one player on their own team. There were two defenders closer to the ball than, than anything else. I mean, it's, 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 little thing, it's little things like Christian Watson was targeted nine times last night and caught it three times. He dropped four balls. You can't afford, if you want to have an offense that's going to progress, to have those kind of mistakes. Now, we think, oh, Watson's a top-tier receiver. He's not. He played half a season last year, and he showed loads of promise. He's still growing as a receiver, as is Dobbs. Dobbs had a poor night last night. Dobbs was brilliant against the Saints. You're going to have that inconsistency when you've got an offense that's growing. So, you know, it's is it... So I saw someone on our WhatsApp chat going, when are you going to see Sean Clifford? Don't be so bloody stupid. We're not going to see Sean Clifford unless Jordan Love's injured. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous notion. It's his also, season like- to learn, for sure. Like, the thing about Christian Watson, the the one I would say, and maybe it's down to Watson's route running. We don't know, because we don't know where it was supposed to be. But some of those targets were never catchable where <laughs> Watson was and where the ball ended up. I think that there was a lot of that where... and largely down to the line, perhaps. Love was under pressure all the time. The Spillane one was a shocker. He's just not seen him. You can see his eyes don't move from his target. Fine, right? Better quarterbacks will make the same mistake and worse ones will too. Um, I Is there any worry, though, that after the the Detroit game, obviously that's a, from a Thursday night football to a Monday night football, that's a lot of time to get your game plan together. No, and actually the game plan time. ultimately became give it to AJ Dillon because nothing else is working. Well, my Matt LaFerre off, offense should run through the running backs. That's how it's that's how it's structured. All right. It wasn't structured like that under Rogers because it was Aaron Rogers. You're talking about one of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That is a good way to set up in the NFL. This 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 is this is the way in which his he wants his offense to run. He wants it to be a, a run based offense, focusing around the run game, with the quarterback complementing that, because that's he's from the Shanahan tree. And it's it is taking a lot of time to bed in. It's got major teething problems and it's hampered by key players not being there to do it. 
And Aaron Jones is a key player. And I mean, he played five snaps last week and then he was inactive. He's now, they've now got a bye. I'm sure they'll work on a lot of things and then they come back and it's, it's just going to be one of those seasons where things are going to go up and down. I'm not expecting them to suddenly crater and go three and 13. I don't Do think you still expect happen. eight and nine though? Or yeah. you, you I don't see why not because I, they're still going to play. They've got the Vikings to play twice. They've got the Bears to play. The Vikings have just lost Justin Jefferson onto IR. So, you know, I don't I don't know when the first matchup is with them, but it's coming up pretty soon. They're playing Denver, who I think we would all agree are one of the two or three worst teams in the league at the moment. They're playing the NFC South, which on paper is not a massively difficult division. I think they'll maybe pick up a win against Carolina. And, you know, they can pick up a win perhaps against um, the a Giants. team like Tampa. You know, yeah. so yeah, they could play the Giants. I think they're going to win seven or eight games. I, so they're not going to win more than that. Somewhere between seven and ten. Ten is probably yeah. a stretch, but like seven, eight, or nine. Eight or nine, probably the most likely. I mean, Love has proved if if the right pieces are there that he can do some damage on the ground as well as with his arm. And I would like to see more. I'd like to see them draw up more plays that utilize his rushing abilities because I think that that is a major opportunity that they haven't ever, they've never had Green Bay. I mean, Rodgers was able to scramble, but they've never had a guy as big and as physical as Jordan Love at quarterback. And this is a great chance for them to shape an offense around those talents. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Anthony Richardson, but he can be a compliment to them. He can be as good a runner on the ground as Daniel Jones. Easily, if not better. So can I say a couple of things? One, it wouldn't surprise me if Green Bay lose their bye week. Jordan Love has been that bad at times. Anyway, the big play from the whole game for me was Marcus Peters with a horse collar. That was horrendous. And that would have put Green Bay in for a touchdown. Now, you could then say they had four downs to get it in again. But what's the NFL going to do about this? Well, in any other sport, that would be a straight red red card. And an ejection in rugby. But that's the NFL, so who cares? Yeah, this is the worst pattern we've ever had in this. Yeah. Penalty penalty touchdowns is the worst (laughs) thing possible. No, no, no. no, We we can't, we don't know what a catch is. We don't know what pass interference is, but you want to trust, you hate No, no, no. no, Let's trust them with the ability to give penalty touchdowns. No, 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 no. This is mental. Let, let me finish, as Charles said earlier. So you take the one where Mike Tomlin tripped the guy on the sideline who was going in for a score a couple of seasons ago. That should have been a touchdown. This would have been a touchdown as well. It's egregious. Now, I was watching some talking programs. Is it not, is it not just shithousery? The Raiders guy did the right thing. I mean, he will probably get fined. Um, for for the play, but he did the right thing within the rules of the game. I think he should have been ejected for it, at the very least, um, because you take the situation of where it was. And the programme I was watching, the PFT talk, were saying that there are arcane rules in the in the law book that allow referees great leeway. And if they're never going to use them, they should take them out. I, I've not gone and looked up to see what these are, but it'd be very interesting to see why they're there in the first place. I mean, if you're the Raiders guy, you've done your job, but it was as cynical a professional foul in footballing terms as you will see on the field. And in professional I, fouls in football, they don't award goals. 
yes, I, so I, I think there's a there's a there's a point here that is more like, do you give a s- retrospective suspension? I I think the hard thing with American football as well is that it's very difficult to say that something even is a certain touchdown. Like I'm going to Jordan Love fell over himself last night, and we saw Daniel Jones do it when it was a certain touchdown. Or, like there's no players guarantees. That drop, players that drop the ball, drop the ball work. early, and. And and I can't believe I'm actually going to put this forward as 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 evidenced by the defence, but um, DK Metcalf absolutely tearing it up the pitch and catching Buddha Baker, whoever it was. You know, we would have we would have probably called that a certain touchdown. So it becomes difficult, and I think there's so much margin. But I think what you can do is you can look at the situation afterwards and go, he's hauled him down by the neck collar. It's been clearly cynical. It's been done intentionally. It maybe needs to be more than a fine, and maybe there needs to be a suspension. doesn't help the Packers, though. It helps the next team. No, I mean, it's not necessarily what problems you. But every sport, every every sport, you have a situation whereby, oh, we're not going to be helped. But then, you know, someone's being suspended. Um, it's, well, it's the law of average should suggest that. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, bottom line is Paul nailed it right at the start. They had four other options to get him to the end zone from like five yards out, and they didn't take it. So, it's story's over. Also, yeah, but like, it, penalty tries in rugby are shite. Like uh, it's one of the worst <laughs> rules in sport. Yeah, and it, and you get to convert up, up it in front of the posts. Yeah. Well, you well, don't convert it anymore. You get the automatic conversion. Oh, so there you, you go. That shows the last time that I saw a penalty convert. try. <laughs> but penalty tries in rugby are well regulated. They follow a certain stipulation. And I think it's quite right. Uh, I, I covered a game a couple of weeks ago where a team at the end were trying to deny the other team a bonus point. were constantly collapsing the scrum. And eventually after, I think, four scrums, the referee went under the post and gave the penalty try. I've never saying- given a penalty try, Paul. Was that the kind of thing that you'd be looking for as a ref? I mean, you're looking for these cynical bastards who are trying to just underplay you and undermine you as a ref. I, I just apply the laws of the game. I'm just a I, servant, Charles. Charles, did you not listen to the episode where Paul admitted <laughs> when three opposition players clapped at a player That's getting right. sent he gave, off, he, he then it. sent one of them off? Like, <laughs> honestly... Like, uh, to which to which the coach thanked me for doing so. Can I just come back and to that? And for rugby's point? answer to Miss Trunchbull is what Paul Mitchell is. I just think that was a pivotal play in that whole game and it changed the play. And your point was right, Cameron. There's a little point in suspending the guy because it just gives the advantage to other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, but the other thing that I was trying to say is also from a safety point of view, the NFL are desperately trying to get the horse collar out of the game. And that was really cynical and unsafe as well. And for it a sport that's trying to be safe. Well, I hope he's know. suspended for the next Packers v Raiders game in, what, four years' time? Four That'll years' time. Great. Yeah. I'm also just going to add as well, if Paul Mitchell is the Miss Trunchbull um, of the um, uh, Scottish rugby world, the only chokey in his life is Drew Brees in the postseason. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, I don't even know who she is, so that probably comes no <laughs> surprise to you. Ah, I, I never read your children's classic. books when you were a kid. A classic. Oh, dear. Have you read If You Give a Moose a Muffin? Giraffes Can't Dance. I've read all the high-class stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you like your musicals. Matilda. Oh, man. Oh, right, anyway. Oh, Matilda's horrible, but that's that. we'll save that for another time. Matilda's brilliant. Anyway, um, yes, we'll save that for the pish cast. Get it and someone put it in. What's your favourite in musical and wine? What's the worst one? Right. Uh, I will put... So let's just jump in here. The panic button is not being smashed yet in Green Bay. The only counter I'll say is uh, that's not the case for everybody. Kenny Law, his rant this week is... 
Uh, every week he singled out the Packers, DC, Joe Barry in this section. This week it's all, all of the coaching staff. Matt LaFleur is showing he can't coach without a Hall of Fame quarterback. Slow starts are killing the Packers every week. Get them all in the bin. Uh, he, had, Kenny, he, had some, Kenny, he had some good rants in the in the WhatsApp chat today as well. It was great. He did. It is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with a rant, but there's there's rants and then there's completely illogical nonsense. So, <laughs> sorry, Kenny. I, I, I mean, I agree with him and Joe Barry, but I've given up caring, to be honest with you, about Joe Barry. But Joe Barry will eventually just, his contract will not be renewed. and He'll just leave. He'll disappear into the ether. Can we just get on to the Ravens and Gordon being yeah, so let's do that. losing I'm, to the Steelers? I mean, I, I'm here to to pay tribute to the Ravens with my um, Ravens T-shirt tonight. Of course, I'm, this t-shirt. is my second favourite team. T-shirt for the game that never happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course it didn't. Did you just, what about the game at the weekend? Did that never happen either? Yeah, oh, it was, yes, it did. <laughs> it, it happened. And uh, the first thing, the first thing I have to do is I have to pay tribute to Johnny Bailey, who on Monday morning, I checked the chat and there is a doctored image of, uh, I can't remember the name of their backup running back. Um, their backup running back leaping over one of the Ravens defensive backs. And he had photoshopped his face onto the Steelers running back and he'd photoshopped my face backwards so i sadly had a broken neck in this image uh <laughs> and to be fair it was it was proper good shit has right no look they it's one of those weird games and i've probably came out of this um from both the ravens losses this year that like in the sense of the game you're really frustrated you've lost it on like a rest of the season outlook I'm way more optimistic about the Ravens' offense. Like they passed, they pushed the ball down the field more. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the NFL this week. I don't care about any any detractions. Go and wa- go and watch the game. Go and watch the game. He had seven drops, five of which were beyond ten yards downfield. He had two touchdowns dropped in the end zone on the same drive. He had a certain touchdown dropped by Nelson Aguilar that was going in. National media on, on the day after the game were talking about um, whether or not the Ravens regret signing Lamar to a big contract extension. It's nonsense. He had it, two it, turnovers as well, didn't he? No. So he, he, no, he, he didn't have two turnovers. You so sure he had, about that? He had, he had two turnovers, but there's important context. The fumble is not remotely on Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar Jackson's fumbled the ball badly. That must be the first time a fumble's not been on Lamar Jackson. No, but anyway. Uh, well, I'll possibly. Give you... yeah. Possibly, but this is important context. It comes 2.7 seconds after the snap. It comes from the blind side, and it comes when he's in his throw motion. That's never on a quarterback. It's not. It's on the it's on the tackle. <laughs> the fumble is officially his, but that's not that's not a bad play. Don't him. even think that you're going to put him forward for quarterback in team of no, the week. No, I've already accept I've already accepted that he's not going to be because we'll Good. probably go probably go with Jared Goff just to further irritate me. Even though I actually think, to be honest, he probably deserves to be in with a shout this week on that. But I I no one will convince me otherwise. The best passing performance in terms of the quarterback throwing the ball. Like the Ravens' passing offense up until the catch point this week was the best it's been. Aye, over, that 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 pesky neat catch the ball thing. Well, yeah. obviously, but my but my point my point is <laughs> my point is. Here's a question for you: Is um, Beckham done? Possibly, yeah. Right. So I was I was doing a podcast right before this, and it was a, a Ravens-based podcast with a guy out in Baltimore, and we talked about Odell Beckham. If all the Ravens get out of Odell Beckham was it brought Lamar back to the table and it helped get him signed, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Zay Flowers is really good. 
Like yes, yeah, is and they and they passed him like more downfield this week. He's he's fine. Bateman, I'm pretty worried that he's a complete bust. But it's the same. He had so many injuries the first couple of seasons he was in the NFL that like I don't know that he ever is going to get an opportunity to actually like get enough reps to to be good. But his drop was horrendous. Bad. But it was it was like a genuine comedic loss because there's probably 12 plays in that game that if the Ravens get right they win the game like just one get one of the 12 right a lot of the drops um the the center snapping the ball at the end of the first half it's fourth and two and one Tyler Linderbaum on this play thinks that the linebacker steps offside so he snaps the ball Lamar Jackson's clearly not expecting it but coaching wise, there's 19 seconds left in the half. A first down there doesn't really help you. It gets you one throw into the end zone that's probably not going to be caught. I mean, I'm I missing the big, the biggest question about this is the fact that Ravens lost to a great offensive call by Matt Canada, who you were praising last week for being kept on at the Steelers. I loved it. It was it was a brilliant play call, probably the first one he's made all what, year. I mean, what was it actually a brilliant play call, or was it? Well, no, do you know what that second and nine. You're, you're right. It was Because if you look, the Ravens lined up to stop the run because they were like right at the edge of field goal range and they got they got the play call right. It's also, it's where Kenny Pickett I think is best when like you don't let him think about playing quarterback and you just let him do it. Him, Pickens, Pickens him is great. He's a really good player and also mm-hmm. the mistake by the Ravens there was like Marlon Humphrey didn't even play the whole game. They were rotating him back in. He's obviously not fully healthy. You, you need to leave safety help over there. I think we'll close on this, Cameron, with uh, with Edgar Allan Poe's quote, which is, "On this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there is there Bam and Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore." Quoth the Raven, "Just catch the damn ball." That's Good. The, it's my it's yeah. my favorite my favorite quote. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are, we're going to do one more thing before we finish on that because there has been a rant, and I gave Charles one, so I, I need to give one to Gordon, right? So Stephen Bryson uh, has basically just come in, come in hot. Uh, John Harbaugh, Ed Reed, Steve Biscotti, Ray Rice, Edgar Allan Poe, the moving trucks from Cleveland, Joe Flacco, <laughs> Steve McNair, Mark Andrews, Justin Tucker, Sam Koch, Trent Dilfer, Jonathan Ogden, Art Modell, pointless preseason records, Ray Lewis, Gordon McGuinness, Lamar Jackson, can you hear me? You boys took a hell of a beating. Well, seven points, but that's pretty big in these games. Steelers have now won six out of seven. Lamar, worse against the Steelers than anyone else. Harbaugh not got the bottle for the fight. Steelers banged up as well. Wide receiver one, tight end one, defensive line, left tackle, right guard and punter with Ravens coming back. Steelers not great on offense, but did just enough on the final drive as defense and special teams stepped up. Can console yourself with the Lamar as top-rated QB of the week, even though scoreless in the second half and through a crucial end zone pick. He even knew what you were coming in with. <laughs> well, it's because it's because he, he knows where I work, so so he'll have seen that. It actually, sounds like he's some kind of weird stalker. Uh, <laughs> let me just be very clear. That rant is trying to convince himself that the Steelers are actually good. Because anyone who watched that game, I, I, I'd follow a lot of Steelers fans on uh, on Twitter who are kind of our Steelers media people. And pretty much to a man, they were all like, yeah, that's uh, it's not really a game that you can judge as like a positive. The positive for the Steelers is they won the game, right? And if Mike, Com- Mike Tomlin coach teams are always going to float around 
500. They might they might be the seven seed in the AFC. Well, like you're you're kidding yourself on if you think that. Gordon Gordon to quote Abba, the winner takes it all. <laughs> what a division the AFC North is, by the way. And I just want to say before we move on to other stories, Stephen, thank you for that long list of names that were all quite easy to pronounce. Uh, I definitely thank you for that one. That is appreciated because uh, obviously if I look like a dickhead coming out of that, then Gordon gets a win. I managed to do it clean. It was complete. Uh, the game plan was thought through. It was executed fully. Uh, and I think that's better than both Gordon and Charles can say about their teams this weekend. So we move on. Char- uh, Charles, we've spoken to you. Mitchell, it's your turn. Because I admit, I noised you up as you were driving slowly down the, the A90 from Aberdeen back to Edinburgh, saying, oh, I'll be back just in time to see another nil-nil Saints draw. Uh, and then the Saints actually kicked off on one against a hapless Patriots, let's be honest. Um, picked six to kick it off, and actually that kind of lifted things, because until that point, it was looking a bit shite, but that galvanised everything, and in the end, a much better performance. You'll be glad to see Alvin Kamara back. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara's terrific. Uh, I've watched every snap of every Saints game up to that one, because I was driving home, and the one time they actually, I'm not convinced they played brilliantly, but they actually win a game quite easily. I don't get to see it. So that was slightly annoying in itself. Heard a little bit on the radio with Mike Koss. Kevin Harlan was on the call um, as well. So I watched the highlights on that. Let's be honest, Patriots are not very good at all. They're just not very good. They chucked it. Um, Alvin Alvin Kamara, terrific, averaging 3.6 yards per carry. It's the impact. He has the impact on the team. That that's the difference when it's, Alvin Kamara is around. This is like your this is like your take that they they didn't score points with Jameis Winston at quarterback because well they didn't that, that was true three point six average against that Patriots defensive line is this is par for the course. What you're looking for is you're I can't believe I'm defending them. You're here, not. But, you're. I'm um, sorry. I'm just. It's the word fantastic. I'm sorry. I refuse to accept three point six yards per carry. There's not. There's not been much that's been fantastic about that, the Saints. Don't over give give over hyperbole. That for the Saints at the moment is fantastic. It's great to have him back. It's more the influence that he has coming back. As I say, I only saw the highlights of it. The Patriots were never in it. And you can't really tell. I mean, as an outlier of a game, I mean, it's a bit like the Ravens-Steelers. We all know the Ravens should have won that if they caught the damn ball. And it's a bit like this game. You're not really sure how good, bad or indifferent the Saints are because the Patriots are just way, way worse. Oh, and and, I mean, they're an absolute shambles. Uh, Mac Jones... Awful quarterback. Uh, just Awful. terrible. Like the, and, but the last two weeks have been horrendous. But uh, am I wrong? Because I'm I watch it on red zone, so you're seeing snippets. I t- it feels like, and I could be wildly inaccurate. It just feels like his whole attitude's like off. <laughs> feels like he's like pissed at something, and it doesn't look like he's. I don't. I don't know. It feels like there's something really wrong there. Um, Bailey Zappi, we saw, was quite capable, but again, left too late in the day to They're even going, bother putting But him they in. don't have any. There's He's no talent in that as team. Well, though. Bailey there isn't Zappi's any. awful too. There, there's no talent in the squad. There's genuinely, I can't think of a player that you would say is potentially a Pro Bowler. Apart from, I mean, the the, the kid that they that they drafted at cornerback Gonzalez was good, and then he's Ezekiel gone out. Ezekiel Elliott, sorry. Ezekiel Elliott's done. We all know he's done. Devontae Parker's been done for two years and hasn't caught a ball worth his salt. Cameron's Cameron's opinion on running backs, though, is like... Hunter Henry. Is this this a well-known name? If so, a Russian attack. These are not players who are game-changers. No, Matt Judon's all right, but that's it. 
but he's they're hurt not, as well. He's, 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 hurt. he's, a, hurt. he's a Ravens reject. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> these are players who are not going to swing games. They're not, there's no class there. They've this, drafted badly uh, for years. Sorry, didn't, didn't Matthew Judon lead the NFL in sacks last year? He's so playing. He's a he, well. He's a Ravens <laughs> reject. If he was that good, then the be, one of the best defensive teams in the league would have kept him on. Um, Maybe I they couldn't afford him. The bigger thing, Cameron, is how long does Belichick have left? Because they're going to have to do something there. He's had, I think, three drafts since Brady left to try and do something, and they've just not hit on on anything really. Um, this was his chance to show that he could rebuild, get a quarterback, get the chance to do something, and it looks bad. So at what point? Do either New England fire him, which would be incredible, but you're would going it really be though? It, it, in terms of what he's done previously, has he outstayed his welcome, or do they say, "Look, you're gone at the end of the season. It's your choice whether you you go if you don't." I think it's it's much leave. more likely that that would happen, and we've seen yeah. in other sports that you know dynastic, you know, legendary head coaches eventually get shown the door. It'll happen, but I don't think they're going to fire him mid-season. There's, n- I cannot see any. I don't they'll fire him. No, they'll they'll come. They'll to tell terms. him you're leaving. Yeah. And by the way, this is your last season, so yeah. just announce it on your terms. Yeah. Boston yeah. is a horrible market. Remember, the fans don't like losing. There's it's probably second to Philadelphia, New York, as far as that's concerned. I think I don't think the Belichick gives gets, a damn though, does he? <laughs> he doesn't, but. At what point do you just think this isn't working? It will depend on, you know, you're looking at who are you going to get in as a new coach? Are players going to want to go there as free agents? You've got all of these things to to consider. Um, I, I mean, I do agree with you. I think Belichick will get to the end of the season, but with three bad drafts, I don't see him getting another one. Maybe they're tanking for Caleb Williams. Because <laughs> um, they've realised that Mike Jones is useless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to turn to the belter chat at the moment because we'll cover some of the other games naturally through doing so uh, and I've got them sorted out into alphabetical this week because there isn't anybody that's getting more than two nominations which shows the widespread here so we'll start at the top we'll work our way down uh, Alex Beaton and Andrew Neal both give it to the Niners Alex says what performance against the Cowboys a lot of people thought that it would be a really tough game but the Niners just rolled over them Um Devon A-Chain has got a couple of nominations. Kenny Law says he set 100 yards for the third game in a row, making him the only, making him only the third rookie over the past 35 years to run for at least 100 yards and a rushing touchdown in three consecutive games. He joins Barry Sanders and Mike Anderson. Not company to be, not bad company to be in. He gives a hat tip to CBS for the stat about Mike Anderson. I'll be honest, that's a name that. <laughs> Yep. Um, Aiden Hutchison gets one from uh, Lee. He basically says it could be Travis Etienne, George Kittle, Jamar Chase, or even DJ Moore in here. They all had great weekends. But Hutchison now owns the Panthers' offense. It's not often an edge rusher gets an interception, but he tipped it and then he caught it. Uh, Sarah Taylor gives it to AJ Brown for that one-handed catch. Brock Purdy gets one from Mark McEwen. Cameron is going to be unbearable, but it was quite a display from the 49ers to roll over the Cowboys. Just mention that the Cowboys may be a bit overrated to calm him down. Honourable mention to the Saints for shutting out the pass too. Uh, Dion Jackson gets one from Reese Nunes, making statement, making a statement after the JT contract announced, where it says 20 million, Jim. 
DJ Moore gets a couple of nominations from Paul O'Shea, Brian Dando. No one was expecting that from the Bears, says Dando. 230 yards, three touchdowns, and a bang average offense with only one real passing threat. Outstanding game, adds Paul. Lauren Callahan gives it to Fred Warner. Eight tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one forced fumble, one quarterback hurry, one pass defended, and one pick. He was key to the 49ers' defense that took my Cowboys out to the woodshed. Jared Goff gets a nomination from Patrick Watson. He's been playing at a high level for a prolonged period of time. When the Lions go further than the Ravens in the playoff, will we get an official apology from Mr. McGuinness for his Goff slander? They are slightly different conferences. Let's let's say that. <laughs> the, the, the Lions, I have I Is that have a no? Are you saying la- no? Last week, what? because I don't think that's something to apologize for, so no. Here's uh, a question last, for you. I, I, just you hold, hold that thought. Nonsense. Say they're slightly Nonsense. different conferences. Who are the two best teams in the NFL at the moment? Niners and the Niners and the Eagles. Yeah, both probably. in the NFC. So, no. sorry, how does how does that change the different? Like the conference. Would- listen, we talked about this before the start of the season. This conference chat. This conference is stronger than that conference. We talked about this with divisions. It's all based around quarterbacks. There are multiple quarterbacks in the AFC who are not playing well at the moment. And there are therefore multiple teams in the AFC who are not playing to the standard that we are expecting of them. I would argue if you put the best four NFC and the best four AFC teams into the mix at the moment, you'd have four better NFC teams in there and the four better AFC team, teams. That, that is just the way of where we're at at the moment, five weeks so, into the season. But but very so very simply put, and where I disagree with the premise of that argument on whether or not I will, and obviously it was tongue in cheek. I have I have mea culpa on the on the Lions. Mm. Uh, I would say I would say the Lions are one of the top five teams in the league at the moment. I I think so. I think I think that's absolutely fair. It, but my point on the conferences is, the Lions right now will probably be the three seed in the mm. NFC, which means they'll play the seven seed in the NFC. The, okay. being the being the three seed in the NFC playing the seven seed in the NFC is going to be a significantly easier game than being the three seed in the ace in the AFC playing the seven seed. Well, we, yeah. we I, I at the moment, based on what we've seen from teams we thought were good in the AFC, I don't I don't think the gap's that big. I don't I, we, I think we saw it with Buffalo and Jacksonville at the weekend. We were talking about the Bills as being, you know, they've been on this wrecking ball mission for three weeks. They've now lost two of their best defenders for the season and they didn't know how to handle Jacksonville who've been nothing more than average thus far. So there's a cl- another case in, in point of a team we thought were good in the AFC not being quite as good as perhaps we think they are. The, 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 whole, uh, the, the whole context of what represents a good team or a good conference we're not going to know that probably till Christmas time at the moment. And I, I have to say I think that you know you look at the NFC I think there's multiple teams there's three. There's, there's three good teams. Mm, the there's three good. Teams I think the there's three good teams, and then there's a hell of a lot of teams that could be good if they just tweak things here or there. And they're tweak, at, tweak, they're tweak at that. What? Tweak what the entire roster slash coaching. Set. Well, you look. At, I mean, the, the only team that's pushed the the Niners so far are the Rams, and the Rams have now got Cooper Cup back. And the, and we, the Rams the Rams roster is not good. No, it's not good. It, but if, but they're if not good on defense. Well, they're not great on defense, but they're the only team that's kept the Niners in check thus far. And they and they lost to and the they Bengals did. at their absolute worst. Yeah, we're talking about we we've talked that the Bengals have not, you know, are not the team that they were. Yeah, they played great at the weekend, but they're playing the bloody Cardinals. So I don't think we know whether the Bengals are any good or not. 
a, I mean, we know Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but, but is no, he going to be great this season compared to what we saw we do, the last two years? We do, though. And, and because the NFL is a 17-game season, we always hyper-focus on individual games and whatnot. When you're thinking about the postseason right now, what are the odds in favour of Kansas City figuring it out and being really good by the playoffs or not? The odds are in favour of that. Well, Kansas City have figured it out for me. They're yeah. winning despite not playing very well. The, the Bills, the odds on them figured it out, I think are pretty high. They lost to, and again, there's like the travel to London plays a big impact there, I think. I think teams haven't figured that out yet. I think. How can you not figure that out after 13 years of going to well, London? But also, well, because the advantage for the Jaguars was the Jaguars played two games in a row. Like that, yeah, that was a and that was a that huge is a, advantage. Aye, but the yeah. bigger the, the bigger argument. Well, look, we talked about the AFC North earlier on. The AFC North's a complete mess. You know, it, on paper, it's the strongest division in football. In reality, it's just a complete jumbled up mix of teams who think they're good and aren't, or teams that are quite good but can't get in their own out of their own way. But, it, but like the Bengals, for example, if Joe Burrow gets healthy, the Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. Like, it, let's not kid ourselves on around anything there. Like, but that's, the, it's a that's, statement of fact. It, it's, it, well, it's a statement of fact, but at the moment he's not healthy and he's okay. He's picked off the Cardinals. And we've already said on this podcast two weeks ago, how do you get healthy through the course of a season? It's very difficult to do so, especially if you're playing in the AFC North, whereby you're going to get battered every other week. So I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the AFC is not loaded with good teams. What I'm saying is I think the NFC is not as bad as people think it is. And I don't really believe that, if, you know, so the discrepancies are that bad. The If you, probably with the exception of the Chiefs and the Bills, right now, if you're an AFC team and you go one and done in the playoffs, I don't really think that should be viewed as a failure because of the strength of the conference and likely who will wind up as the one to seven seeds. If the Lions are the third seed in the NFC and go one and done in the playoffs, that will be viewed as a failure. That, that's the difference between the two conferences right now. Now, maybe by the end of the season, that will have changed, right? Maybe by the end of the season, the rest of the AFC is still a complete mess and they haven't haven't figured things out. But you have to, the context is, where how are they playing just now? And also, what do we know over the past two, three seasons? Like, there's, there's no discussion over what the better conference is right now in the NFL. There's not. Okay. Like, top it's- to bottom. <clears throat> Yeah, the worst. Oh, yeah, because the worst three teams in the NFL all play in the NFC currently. But even, in fact, you could probably say no, higher than that. No, but we're talking about we're talking about Cameron the contenders, the teams that are, are maybe not yes. quite in the full focus of you know of our vision. You know, not, they're not the top team in each conference, but they're the teams that could come through the mix. I mean, you know, the best four teams in the NFC are you know the two we we mentioned before: San Francisco, Philadelphia, and then you've got Dallas. Okay, they just got waxed the weekend, but, but that's they're possible. still going to. Can get waxed. Still, yeah, season, so yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, the, we, we've we've already accepted that they're a good team that are going to probably win 10, 11 games, um, with a slip here and there. And would you bet on Dallas to beat the Bengals, for example, or Pittsburgh, or Miami? Six and a half a dozen, I would say, when you put up put them up against it. But we we are talking about now the here and now, week five in. I think that the gap, if there is a gap, is extremely close between the two conferences, especially, form, I, I especially between 
you know, you're talking your third, your fourth, your fifth teams. That's your depth conference. Those are the teams that are fancying a run of the championship. Oh, like game. depth, depth is not no problem. Depth is and the top two problem. teams in the in the division in the in the whole league by some distance at the moment are the two undefeated teams in the NFC. If you, and if you're, I don't see about, a team beating them at the moment. If you're talking about the top three teams in each conference, I agree. I, I would put the NFC ahead of the AFC right now. The idea of the actual depth below that in the playoff hunt and beyond in the conference is night and day. The NFC is not remotely close. It's yeah, it's very split. Like it's, I would agree with that. Like if you look at all the divisions, there's at least one absolute honking team in every single division. Whereas no, I don't but, think you can say the same of the AFC. But you're talking. That's the bottom of the conference. We don't care about the bottom of the conference. What no, no, no. But is, God, God's talking we... about the depth. Like the depth all the way down. If you compare them, if you were to stack sixteen v sixteen, which is the stronger sixteen of the two, then four, I think that four there's four to seven, four to seven as well, especially in the playoffs. But four, so let's say four to ten in each conference mm. right now. I think the AFC is night and day clear because of teams like so go go Atlanta, Atlanta. It's Atlanta versus the Chargers. Right. Is right I, I, no, would no, you no, would no, you no, honestly no. lump your house on the Chargers? I wouldn't. I get in, in a in a game against Atlanta. Yes. Char- the Chargers has won a last second game against the Vikings, who are one and four. So seriously, I don't think you can. You can't just make. We're we're basing this assumption about AFC teams on the fact they've got franchise quarterbacks. I think that's lazy. I genuinely think that's lazy. We're assuming that the Chargers are going to. Comfortably dispose of a team like Atlanta because it's Herbert against Desmond Ritter. I think you're going to see it. You're going to see a team, and it could be the Lions with Jared Goff, go a long, long, long way in this NFL season without your franchise quarterback. And we well, know I, that well, most team, you know, most teams are built around a franchise quarterback, and that's fine. But there's going to be good teams that are coached up, and there's going to be teams that are going to be able to survive in spite of the failings of quarterback. It's also the fact that. Um, Jared Goff is playing very well as a noted Jared Goff hater. Like this, <laughs> this very, this very easily could be his best season in the NFL. Like, and I would also, yeah, sorry, Gordon, I would also point out he is their franchise quarterback because they've had chances to change him and decided not to. So he is their franchise guy. Whether we think he's any good or not is completely irrelevant. They have decided to go with him with all that talent that's around him. I think um, I think he's good. Just Gordon doesn't like him very much. I don't think he's particularly I've, I've, great. I've literally just said, as someone who's a noted Jared Goff player, poor, poor Jared Goff. He's Sorry, right. Lions fans. Right. right. This this is we've prowled on here. Right. This is interesting. Interesting conversation, and I would love to get some feedback from people. Include this in your rants. Who got this right? Who got this wrong? They're I would all, love to get a some bunch of NFC fans in that. So <laughs> better. Right. Heavily, heavily. Let's, jo- let's Johnny Scott. I need you guys to send in your thoughts. I need you guys to back me up. This is like a up. political soapbox. I, I need AFC backup in this because that, that Patreon group is full of NFC fans and they're going to just lie, 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 lie so they can get their own way. I'm surrounded I'm, I'm, by. I'm surrounded on this podcast by NFC fanboys. It's going to be similar in the group. Gordon, I'm just waiting for somebody to run into your room and throw glitter over you. That was so political. <laughs> right, we're moving on. So we've not even got to the end of the Beller nominations. Uh, Justin Fields gets one with TJ Moore from Steve Briggs. 
Lots of three touchdown performances this week, but the Bears won for the first time in almost a year. They finally get themselves out of that graphic about who's not won since Elon Musk bought Twitter. <laughs> That's the most disappointing part. I know that really that is. Was, it really that is good. That was good banter. Uh, um, Stephen Bryson gives it to Nathaniel Hackett. What a week. A coach made captain in his revenge game and his team come through for him and he gets presented with a game ball as well. With his buddy Aaron out for the season, finally some good news. Yeah, that would have stuck in old Peyton's craw. Uh, we'll go on just after that because Kieran Vance gives it to the Jets media team for the Kevin James tweet after they defeated the Broncos was hilarious. It was very good power, I have to say. Um, the New York Jets gets one for Peter Coyne because them getting it right up. Peyton is incredibly funny, he simply puts. Then there's a couple of nominations for Zach Moss from Cameron Christie and Ross Taylor. Uh, Cameron Christie, all the big talk was the new deal for Taylor and Moss played his best game in the league to date. Certainly will make a solid one-two punch in the backfield. Gordon, does that Zach Moss performance make the Taylor one feel like a bit of a waste of money? Is he kind of like just showing up the whole ridiculousness of running back situation? I think it's it's an interesting way to look at it because Moss, even before this week, was playing really well. So it, it was, was. kind of like they they said, look, we're not willing to pay you this this level of salary, Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor said, cool, well, I'm going to hold out. They then put him on the PUP list. They then start Zach Moss, and through four games, he was actually playing really, really well. And they then go and give him that contract. However, I really like that the Colts have tied the contract to... Richardson's rookie deal so Richardson if Richardson turns out to be really good and there's pretty serious injury concerns already in his career but if he turns out to be good they're not going to have to pay him his franchise quarterback salary until Jonathan Taylor's contract's up at which point you can you can let him move on to, to pastures new and I do think there is something to be said for Jonathan Taylor's a really good runner and pairing him with with Richardson is going to make a really good Russian attack. Yep. So I don't. Um, Grant, the last one I'm going to read out is from Jason Hoffman, who travelled all the way down to London. Although Jason's travelled much further than that, uh, his nomination is for the London Jags Bills refs. Um, I don't know if he's saying the London Jags or if he's saying the London Jags Bills refs. So I don't know if that's a slide shot of the London Jags or not. We'll go with there it is. Uh, I've never seen such an awesome display of flag throwing, such beautiful displays of yellow fluttering through the air. Was a treat to watch the rest performance art instead of the game I played to see. There might be a hint of sarcasm in this. Did, 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 did Paul write that? What? Well, I'm going to just throw in a little bit of irony here what? because Jason puts up about great displays of flag um throwing, but then his run is about in his own words, the fucking security at Tottenham Hotspur confiscated my Scottish Pills Mafia flag. They said no flags allowed, despite the hundred of flags that were in the stadium. I won't use the word that he added at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I can probably guess. What was interesting speaking to people who were there, they said it was basically like a Bills home game. Yeah. Um, and I, I see there was some some people having a go at Jags fans for perhaps not turning up. There was a couple of things. They've had a game the week before. These tickets are unbelievably expensive. Um, and if you were going to pick a game, and I'd be interested to see what you guys think, if you were going to pick a game as a Jags fan, would you not go and pick the one you think you'd win? Yes. It's also a Bills home game. Like, it's a Bills home game. So that's I would expect there to be more Bills there because they get more tickets, I'm sure. 
So, uh, it's, and they've not been here in a while. So, yeah. And and also, Jackson for Jaguars now two for two and zero against the Buffalo Bills in uh, the UK. That's not a bad record. They I, did not show up. I honestly think though that the NFL is going to have to look at whether or not you have a team play two weeks in a row because the competitive advantage is huge. Like so, realistically, you're probably talking. So, home field advantage in the NFL is worth about three points. Home field advantage when you have been in the UK and your opponent has to fly over. I think you're talking, you know, five to seven. Yeah, for exactly the reason that Paul just demonstrated by yawning. They're knackered when they come over. They, they could have chosen they're, they're to come over earlier in the week, though. They could have chosen to come over yes. Monday, this, Tuesday. They chose to come over. This is Friday. the thing I would. That's so, the throwback for me. And, and the rate and the Ravens have this year because. They previously have never come here before, but if they had been here before and it went absolutely terribly from for them, they travelled on like the Wednesday or something like that. They've travelled <laughs> this week on Monday, so they're already already in. You're like the guy from Iraq, what's his name? Comical Ali. There are no tanks in Baghdad. There was no game. <laughs> there was no game. There was no game against the Jaguars. <laughs> No, there was, because it's on my T-shirt. What are you going to do if you lose by 30 points to the Titans this weekend? The best bit was I got gifted this T-shirt by Paul Mitchell. Exactly. (laughs) Ian Stephen is not on this podcast, and yet I still somehow have been compared to Comical Alley. That's that's a new one. Uh, What what am I going to do if the Ravens lose this game by 30 points? Um you know, like it, on a on a serious note, like a heartfelt note, I'm I'm getting to go as like media for the first time ever to a game. So to be honest, they could lose by fifty, and I'll probably still think of it as like the um the, <laughs> yeah. the press lunch is excellent. I'll just tell you that. So make sure you weigh yourself in there. <laughs> um, right. So who is our belter before we get into team of the week? We've been prattling on for give it to DJ Moore. <laughs> Yeah, this guy's DJ Moore was was terrific. It edges out Alvin Kamara, but I'll give it to DJ Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, three point six yards per carry. It's basically the same performance. I know it's right. close, Gordon, but you've got to. Sometimes you've just got to acknowledge the better performance. Yeah, do you know what? I I don't have any issues with this because I think it's a sensational performance. Given how terrible they've been, they've been the laughing stock. There's been memes. Uh, we've created some ourselves, but. Fine, DJ Moore, you are the belter of the week. Uh, straight into team of the week then. DJ Moore is one of our wideouts. So that's one position selected. Uh, let's start at quarterback. Give it a go. Who is our quarterback of the week? Ever Lawrence? Goff. Goff was better than Lawrence. Um, if we just have a look. I mean, it's funny that Sam Howell, uh, if you go by yards, Sam Howell, Josh Allen threw the most yards and both ended up losing. Rock Purdy. That's, well, that's because you throw the ball more when you're losing games, Cameron. It's true. Jared Goff only threw for 236 yards, but he did have a phenomenal... This is Gordon trying to backtrack on why he thinks that Gordon, uh, Jared Goff's shite and he's not going to be on the bandwagon for him all season, so he's not trying to get that, him into the fantasy I, team. I, I am not. I am not because I don't... I still think he's not going to be good enough long-term over the season. However, I, as much as I want to be a shite bag, I am not allowed... <laughs> un, unlike Paul... I do not simply pretend that things that happen in the field didn't exist, and I don't make things up like he does when it comes to Jameis Winston. 
Jared Goff was very good this week. I you you all know my opinion because I said it at the start. I don't think there was a better passer of the football this week than Lamar Jackson. However, I'm not going to get that one by you because the the basic stat line's not there. So Purdy not deserve to be in this conversation. No, no, but on my similar Jared Goff mea culpa, probably his best game as a passer as well, and actually <laughs> actually has taken steps forward, which is pretty scary. Um, it does, yeah, the moment it's very clear. I keep expecting it to all fall down, I have to admit, and it hasn't happened yet. I feel like it's coming, but um, it's fine. There's other Niners I reckon will make it into the team so we can we can leave him. I'm fine for Jared Goff to come in there. I think we need to give the boy some credit. Anyone object? I actually think it is Lamar Jackson, but I'm not going to say that to support Gordon's cause. The reverse, flea, yeah, no, the reverse flea flicker was superb. By the lines, by the way, that was and then the 49ers ran like then the, almost the copied same it. Play. Great, yeah, yeah, tremendous, yeah. great play, great play. Uh, fine, Jared Goff gets in at quarterback. What line is he playing behind? Yeah. I thought the, so I thought the Lions or the Vikings. The Lions won. If you want to weigh that, the Vikings, I think overall were pretty good. The Lions offensive line though has been really good all year, so. The Lions' yeah, offensive he... line has been very good. Yep, Lions, fine. No problem with that. Fine. I mean, they were playing the Panthers who were a bit trashy, but fine, fine, fine. Okay, uh, running back. Oh, it's Alvin Kamara, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Zach Moss. Uh, okay. Disgrace, disgraceful performance by Zach Moss. 23 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns. He was supposed to be on the damn bench and Jonathan Taylor doing that. I dropped him from my fantasy team. You did? You did not. You did did not. Adam did. I did. No, I was playing against Adam in another league and I dropped him. So that's why why Adam takes charge of the other league. I I like Zach Moss. Travis Etienne Jr. I thought in a great game in London. Yeah, give it to Um, him. You know, he he did well. Two touchdowns. The other two contenders... I think, or Brees Hall, but unfortunately for him, there has to now be a caveat. If you play the, if you play Denver the Broncos, Broncos, if you play the Broncos defense, your rushing yardage total has to have a hundred minus from it to figure out how many yards you'd have ran for against a standard NFL defense. So he ran for one hundred and seventy-seven. That's actually only seventy-seven. Yeah. Uh, Devon Achan, Devon Achan, who's now hurt. Achan, it's Achan. No, it's Achan. It's Achan. Oh. After, he got, go. his, after he got his three. Clip that one up. No, Damn. I mean, that, that one he changed it like three weeks ago or something like that. Oh, right. Okay, fine. He, he, it's a shame he's hurt because he's a cheat code in that offense. Have you guys his... seen, have you guys seen the the, uh, the next-gen stats speeds? Like the top seven in the NFL this season are all Dolphins. Are all Dolphins. They, they, they've had to start tweeting brackets non-Dolphins division. <laughs> The, the the thing for him as well as a rookie was the early fumble and he just got up and got on with it. And I mean, credit to Mike McDaniels as well. There's so many coaches would punish a player for that, especially with someone like Mostert that's highly capable. He just put him straight back in and he got a touchdown and he was sensational. So yeah, I think all of them uh, in a shout. I, I think it has to be Zach Moss, given all the chat about Taylor given the hype, the contract, the fact that he was returning and Moss kind of gave up, eh, didn't really need you. So I think that I'm making a call on that. Zach Moss is our running back. Tight end? It's George Kittle, right? Uh, I think so. It has to be. I can't think of anyone else 
that was as impressive. Well, Dallas Goddard had the first 100-yard performance by a tight end this season, which is tremendous that it took this long. That is tremendous that it took this long. Um, Kyle Pitts played very well. It makes makes a change um, from giving it to Kelsey every week. I don't think he's even had it this week. No, and I think a career day in the sense that Kittle got hang on, three hang touchdowns. On, hang on, Kelsey, we have to talk about the most important thing. Yes, that... knows Taylor Swift at the game. Well, no, 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 beyond that, beyond that. So NFL players have been campaigning all summer long and the start of this season, we don't want turf. Don't give us turf. Like, it's bad, it causes more injuries. The NFL, not listening to it at all. Travis Kelsey gets hurt on turf, and there are now Taylor Swift, sorry, Tavis, I believe is what the fan account name was, fan accounts tweeting angry messages to Roger Goodell because Travis Kelsey got hurt on turf, and we can't possibly have Taylor Swift's potential boyfriend getting hurt on turf. Therefore, there is now a campaign to remove turf. Takes me nicely into another one of the rants. It's not a rant, but she used the space. Last week, of course, Sarah Taylor said that she was sick of hearing about uh, Taylor Swift and that her music was a bit mediocre anyway. So we yep. asked, who do you listen to, Sarah? So she said, no aunt this week, but an answer to last week's question, my favourite artist is H. No, she's only joking. Um, she would like, uh, she likes a bit of Frank Turner, The Sleeping Souls, The Gaslight Anthem and Dropkick oh, Murphys. Yeah, I, big, big Gaslight Anthem fan. Drop, Dropkick Murphys are okay. I... I will, and I will entirely accept the premise that the Gaslight Anthem are better musically than Taylor Swift. <laughs> I enjoy listening to both, but I'll accept that. But well, they're not—they're not—they're just not as good as ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Gaslight Anthems go to MetLife, the cameras don't really focus in on them. I don't think quite as much. Um, fine, right? Kettle's the tight end. We need uh, to uh, Sam Laporta. To Sam Laporta play played well. very well. I've got to give him a mention. Yeah, you're right. Um, he did play very, very well. Uh, a lot of decent tight end performances, to be honest, but all of them playing around. In fact, Kelsey, Johnny Smith, Tyler Conklin, and George Kittle all rocked up with exactly 67 yards each. Dalton Schultz, Mark Andrew got 65 each. So if you look at the chart, there's loads in there. Logan Thomas, Thursday Night Football, did all right. 77 yards and a touchdown. It's a decent performance from a tight end. He did have a fumble. Johnny Smith had a fumble, so he kind of negates. Um, yeah, Darren Waller had a decent game as the Giants. There was signs of green shoots there, maybe starting to turn it around, hopefully. But... I, again, I'm making the judgment. It has to be Kelly. He had a career day in touchdowns. He's only the second t- tight end in Niners history to score three touchdowns in a single game. So it's got to be. It's got to be. But we need two more wide receivers, right? So Chase. Who, is it Jamar Chase? Because he really went off. I suppose if you're yeah. giving it to DJ Moore, you've got to give it to and I think I think you probably need to give it to Hill as well, given he had 181 yards. So, yes. But is that not just so expected? What about DeAndre Hopkins? Well, it shouldn't about... be expected to get 181 <laughs> yards in a game as yeah, a receiver. In that, offense, in that offense with those legs. like. So are you basically saying if he goes under 150, is a disappointment? I would yeah. I, if he's under hundred, he's I, a disappointment. I, I, I will say a wide receiver going against the Giants play so much man coverage that you are going to get some inflated stats. But wide receiver should be really easy this week. Moore, it should be, but DeAndre Moore Hopkins. Chase. What about George Pickens? We could actually. Do you know he what? Let's put Pickens. Let's put Pickens in purely for the banter because he was <laughs> the best player put, put on the field in. in the clutch moments. 
put put men who who are we dropping then? Is Jamar Chase not making it? Tyree Hill because he's not a nice person. Ty- okay, fine. Fuck's sake. I hate when you've got good logic. <laughs> That's good logic. Jeez. There you go. Right. So there's our team. Jared Goff's a quarterback behind his own Detroit Lions offensive line. We've got Zach Moss in the backfield, George Kittle at tight end. We've got DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, and George Pickens uh, as our wide receivers. There you go. So, um, okay. I, we, we didn't really touch on that 49ers win all that much. I feel like we need to come back to it. It was impressive, right? Are we Were we surprised at how bad the Cowboys were? No, because I said, yes. no, I, no, they're, they're, they're fraudulent. They're all right, but they're not on the same level. But that, but that level of bad. They're just not, they're, they are fool's gold. They are fool's gold as a football team. And now you've I, got I, Jerry Jones coming out and saying, don't worry, I still think that that can be the quarterback to lead us to the I, Super Bowl. And he's also he's also talking about, like, should C.D. Lamb want too much of the ball? No, no, I want to spread it around and stuff like that. Maybe maybe let's not let Jerry talk in the media. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certain things ain't going to happen. But, but um, owners I think, in general, I don't think should, right? Like, I, I think you you set yourself up for, for failure if you do. Yeah, but the scene of his own radio program where he certainly guests on one every week. I think the thing with the Cowboys, yes, they they weren't great. Yes, the 49ers were good. But a bit like the Ravens, you don't jump on somebody for one game. How are they going to do against the Chargers? If they completely do so poorly against the Chargers, then you can start to see a pattern. But I think you can forgive a team one game. Uh, before but they, you know. they they just two it's they're two weeks removed from not turning up against the Arizona Cardinals. This is not a this is not a, a sort of flash in the pan. They have got form and history over season after season of promising a lot, playing a bunch of good you know good games against crap teams and blowing them away. And then when they need to produce a performance, they don't do it. They are fool's gold, and they are not going to progress beyond. I mean, they'll get to the court of the playoffs. They'll be the number five seed, and then. You know they're going to probably play the NFC South champions. They might end up playing the, the Saints or the Bucks. They might win that game. They then have to go to San Francisco and they're going to get stomped on. That's what's going to happen because it happened last year. Although we and the year before stomp, that, we didn't stomp on them because my heart rate at three o'clock in the morning definitely was not that of a team stomping. It was, See, here, here's them. here's one for them. you, Paul. As a Saints fan. If the Saints win the NFC South, there's a pretty good chance you get Dallas at home in the playoffs. Who's the favourite for that game? Because I would say you've got every chance. I think that's a pretty pretty decent draw for us, to mm. be perfectly honest. You can't I trust think, Dallas. I think, but that's the thing. You can't. But if you were to tell me that Dallas would take thirty points off them easily without reply, I could believe that as well because that's just where the Saints are. Dallas just have that inconsistency that the Eagles don't have, that the Lions don't have at the moment, and the 49ers don't have. But, as I say, I want to see how they do coming back off this defeat. Uh, I think they are on the road. I think they're in Los Angeles, uh, which means against the Chargers, it means it'll be a home game for the Cowboys. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how they react and how they come back. Um, we need to touch on a couple of rants as we've lost Charles Patterson. Um, the ITV coverage has been getting a little bit of flack. So I think... See, hang on, I'll stop you right there. That's unfair. Right. It okay. shouldn't be getting a little bit of flack. It should be getting <laughs> bucketfuls of flack because it's awful. 
It's I understand. Go. Yeah, and, and I, I am not a fan, I'll be honest. I definitely have I have no issue with them dumbing it down a little bit because they're on STV, it's free to air, and therefore they know they're gonna be picking up some people that don't typically watch. I have no issue with that. But I think for me that the execution of it is is really poor. And I think them speaking, I I quite like Josh Widdicombe. I quite liked what he was chatting about. The fact he's getting back into it, I think it's a story that resonates with a lot of fans. However, we, we stayed in the studio to hear from Josh Widdicombe while the biggest play of the game was taking place on the park, and we didn't see it live. We saw the aftermath because we're chanting Josh Widdicombe. That's ridiculous. Craig Doyle keeps pissing me off because he's desperate to talk about the English Premiership and it can get in the fucking bin because I'm watching on XTV and I don't give a shit about the English Premiership. I just don't give a shit. Now, I get a lot of people will like Premiership, but name me another sport where we talk about another sport at the halftime or at breakaways from it. We just don't do it. Like, imagine the Rugby World Cup. Oh, by the way, we'll just go and talk about the Premiership now. Absolutely it's, well, garbage. So it, it's not it's not the same as at a World Cup and stuff like that. It would be like if the Premier League had a game in the US that was a Premier League game, not a not a friendly, and they hosted it in Santa Clara and Carl yeah. Shanahan was a guest. Like And, and they didn't guess, ask about NFL and they only spoke about the 49ers. Sure, but like Yes, like I think that's generally it's generally fine because what you're trying to do when it's on a a, a platform like this, the goal from the NFL is is not to capture the current fans they have in the NFL for this. It's to get new fans. It's get to get that. new fans, and how you do that is by talking about things that they also understand. That's why the NFL, the whole push with Taylor Swift, is like because they <laughs> can bring us a whole new one. Like it, but yes. it is. I the the issue that I think you can have with. ITV's coverage was Darren Fletcher didn't know the players well enough. So like Zay Jones catches a touch catches a touchdown, he calls out the touchdown, and you can tell there's a delay as he figures out who it is that's caught it. There was uh, loads of silences as well. There's just big pauses and there was wrong they get the players wrong all the time, right? Yeah. That happen in most games. So that's that's I'm okay with that. That mistake will happen. You get a flash of a number and you go with who you think it is, and fine. Sometimes no. you're gonna get that. No, 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 no. Not that, having that. Paul, kind of, Paul, no, the best of the best that. will do it in the NFL every week. Oh, they do the it. The best NFL of the best single. will do it every single week. There's not, nobody gets it right every to, time. Not to that extent. And most agree. Of these guys, if, agree, but if you don't know, you don't see. And I think there's a difference between knowing somebody who's genuinely unsure which one of two players it is, and somebody who doesn't have a clue. What I would say is, I and I understand all this, and there is that element of you've got to dumb it down. But we are in. The 21st century, you could have a red button with the American commentary so the grown-ups could listen to that instead of going to supper. It costs more money and they they don't want to to spend money on a fringe sport. It's buttons. It's absolute buttons to do something like that. And that's an easy way to get everybody else on board. You don't have to suffer this endless procession of stupid people being interviewed at the side of the pitch that know nothing about the game. I don't care a single thing about them. Uh, But if that's how they want to do the TV programme, that's fine. You go and do that. But you should be able to very, very easily, very, very cheaply offer an alternative audio stream. And that's the best of both worlds for people. Do your dumbing down stuff and let the people who love the game actually get the coverage that they deserve. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think this is the first year that Sky have not also covered these games, right? Um, It feels like it used to be they were broadcast on the BBC and Sky concurrently. 
So you could pick and choose, but yeah, it's. I, I mean, it, I'll be you, honest. You like can, you can watch it on Game Pass as well, right? Like yeah, NFL Network. Right? Yeah, it wasn't blacked out. It wasn't blacked out, and I think that and it was in it. Listen, it was the NFL Network coverage because you kept getting American ads popping up for the NFL Game Pass for the US, which I thought was quite funny because fifty percent off, by the way, if you're in America. However, it costs an absolute freaking fortune over there. Woof. Um, <laughs> $450 or something like that. Also, the other thing I'll say about the coverage, I thought Jason Bell actually did a really good job offering context after a lot of plays. And I am, I'm not a massive Jason Bell fan. A lot of the times I see him in coverage and I think, I, I actually think he's better as a, as a co-commentator than he is a studio analyst. Like he was providing some good context after plays, whereas in studio, I kind of think he talks nonsense a lot of the time. It's, it's, it's a bit shouty and excitable. And actually, shouty and excitable as a co-commentator sometimes works better yeah. than a cold studio analyst approach. But um... So bef- before Gordon goes off on me on one about me being a Neanderthal and listening to the radio, I had to listen to the radio driving back home because I wasn't in to watch the TV coverage. I'm talking about last week's TV coverage. Listening to it on TalkSport 2, and I'm not sure who the, the play-by-play guy was, but he was an English boy. He was brilliant. It was uh, probably Will, Will Gavin. Will it wasn't Gavin. Will Gavin. It was wasn't it Will Gavin. Nope, it wasn't. Ollie Smith, I want to oh, say something Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So he's kind of back up to Will. Yeah, Ollie's great. Ollie's great. And Will Gavin's great. They know the game. They know the game really, really well. But then, yeah, why they, not get them on ITV? They, they both do. And I've having heard both, and no one did upset Will, Ollie was terrific. It really was. It just got the whole thing right. Um, and yeah, as I say, I watched ITV the previous week. It's just horrible. I say, but the answer is an easy one: alternative audio stream done digitally. I mean, it's as I say, it's buttons in terms of cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Uh, I'm just having a look through the other rants. We'll touch very quickly on the games we've been prattling on for ages here. But the the only other thing that I've not covered is Paul O'Shea gives one. Folk giving Mac Jones all the heat for the Patriots being pish. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but when the offensive scheme is supposed to be play action heavy, but is behind a style, a turnstile of an offensive line. Uh, it's always going to fall apart. Our interior O-line has given up 26 pressures over five games. They gave up 22 in the entirety of Mac's rookie season. Then the receiving core, DDB, of 166 receivers, PFF have four out of the six of the Patriot wide receivers, 140th or lower against man coverage. Our best only sits at 61st. It's abysmal. Put Tom Brady in this offense and no doubt he'd look like me, Cameron, at quarterback. I just wanted to clarify it was me, so, meaning me, not himself, Paul. I, I, I actually think that's entirely fair. I will say he has been absolutely awful. Yeah. But it is not simply a case of him being awful. And no. he would look he would look probably significantly better, although probably still not good in other situations. I think that's fair. Yes. Yep. Um okay, let's have a very quick look at week six. So we've already touched on the game in London. Are you looking forward to seeing your team in the UK for the for the first time, Gordon. Very excited to see them for the first time in in London. I'd, I'm really looking forward to the whole weekend, though. Like I've, I, I've not been to a game since January 2013. So it's like over ten years since I went to an NFL game. Just because work doesn't often allow me to do these things. So really quite excited to get in into a stadium. Uh, thought the stadium looked tremendous last week. So looking forward to looking forward to going. 
Um, other week six games. Uh, so Chiefs Broncos Thursday night football feels like a blowout. If you've got Chiefs in your fantasy team, play them. The Dolphins Panthers feels like it's one sided. The the interesting games. Let's get into them, right? Texans Saints feels interesting because the Texans have been a lot better. There's been some question marks about the Saints, but that's a good performance from New Orleans. Can they continue and elevate from there now that Alvin's back? Are they? Is this the start of them basically finding their groove? I guess, Paul, for you, that's what you'll be interested in finding out. This is a bellwether game. If if they do reasonably well in this and win, then I'll have hope for the season ahead. If they lose to a team that, if you're wanting to win the division, you've got to beat in these circumstances, then it could be the same old Saints. As I said earlier in the podcast, one good win doesn't really mean anything in the NFL. You've got to, you've got to follow that up. And I'm not convinced that they're going to do so. The Texans aren't as bad as we perhaps thought. I think, conversely, it's a big game for the Texans. If they want to be taken seriously in the race for their division title, they have to beat a team like the Saints, who are coming in. They're 3-2. and two. They could have been 4-1, and one, arguably should have been, but none of the performances have really... You thought, yeah, they're, they're a really good football team. I think it's a real bellwether game. Yep. I'll skip over Falcons commanders a bit. Jack's Colts is an interesting game, though, Gordon. Like, you know, the Colts obviously probably without Richardson, depending on what the injury outcome is there. Um, Minshew knows the Jags. Minshew's got flashes. There's a lot of run game there. The Jags seem like they're very, very good. They're getting some great results, but also capable of being a bit shit. So uh, this is uh, another one that's going to be very interesting in the outcome of the AFC South. Yes. I, I think it's interesting as well. The Jaguars, so two weeks here and now going back to America, I think it's in, going to be interesting to see how they can handle that shift. It does benefit them being at home, um, I think, in that situation. I I, I think the Jaguars are too, are too strong for them. Yeah, it'll be interesting that one. Bengals, Seahawks, Paul, interesting because uh, are the Bengals back? Are the, What are the Seahawks this year? Are they going to be capable of pushing the Niners in that division. I think it's interesting because both teams can sling it, but both teams have been quite capable of poor performances themselves. If I was allowed to watch only one game this weekend, that would be the game that I would pick because I think there's just great storylines in there. Pete Carroll's doing his usual good job with the Seahawks. The Bengals, I don't think, can afford to go to two and four. Um, we still don't know. I think Gordon said it earlier, you know, Burrow gets healthy. They're a Super Bowl quality team, but they've got to start knocking off the wins. That would be the, the game um, that I would sit and watch. Bears-Vikings is just ultimately deciding who picks higher than the other one. Patriots-Raiders, I'll skip over as well. well um, not, oh, sorry, Browns-49ers no, no, no. have missed. Ba- no? Bears-Vikings Bears is really interesting because does this game, if it goes the way the Bears push the Vikings into fire sale mode. Are they already there? So apparently they hosted Colt McCoy for a visit today. Why are you hosting quarterbacks? Are you potentially <laughs> considering a a move that would maybe send a certain quarterback maybe to the I mean I don't think the Jets actually have the salary cap to be able to afford to do it, but you know. And I think the other game you skipped over, the Patriots Raiders, it's interesting again from two perspectives. Patriots have to bounce back in some way and at least put in a, a performance that will not get uh, Belichick slaughtered in the Boston media. I mean, I've just been reading some of the Boston media. Oh, it's brutal. Um, but the Raiders have got a soft stretch coming up. The Raiders could make a little bit of a run and you could see, you know, are they going to be a decent team? Some would argue, despite 
their head coach. Although if we're looking for the worst head coaching decision of the week, it was the college game, Georgia Tech-Miami, <laughs> where the guy yeah. decided not to let his team take a knee. They ran a play, fumbled the ball, and gave it away when all they had to do was take a knee and the game was won. That was bizarre. Grit. Grit. That's how. Yeah. Don't don't take knees. Yeah. Cowardly. Show, Win the game. Show, show grit. That's what this Win the game. Do. Neither, Win the game. Neither Brown's as interested to the Sean Watson coming back. Is he going to be fully fit? He, um, might, he might not be back. He might not be back. Um, That's, he's day to day, according to to the coach today. Yeah. And that this comes from so the Ravens game. He was cleared to play, and it was his decision. He said, "I'm not ready." He's not ready. Now put, now and then they've taken a week off. Ready. Yeah. So there might be more there. Um, Bucks-Lions for me is one of the cracker games. I think of the late slate, that's the one to watch because I think it's going to tell us a lot yeah. about who these teams are, right? That, this this Buccaneers defense is still very good. Uh, and how does um, Jared Goff fare against a team like that? And what is Baker Mayfield? There's been some great flashes out of him. So I think that's a great game. It's certainly better than the Rards, the Rams Cardinals. Uh, I'm not sure Jets Eagles will be worth it, which may be because of the defense on the Jets might be interesting. See how Jalen Hurts deals with that. But um, Sunday Night Football Bills Giants doesn't feel like much to stay up for. But then Chargers Cowboys is tasty, as we touched on earlier. There's a lot to prove for both of those teams. So that's quite a good game as well. Right. Yeah, some some good games coming up, Cameron. I think it's yeah. going to be a fascinating week. Indeed, indeed. We're always happy to have the NFL in our lives, aren't we? Uh, any other headlines that we want to cover before we close this one off? I was just trying to work out, because ITV have got the Rugby World Cup. There's back-to-back quarterfinals, one of them including England. Is the ITV is ITV actually showing the whole game on Sunday on proper TV? What, di- what time does the game kick off? Oh, 2.30. Oh, no, yeah, no, uh, and is it five o'clock? The other five o'clock, the other game kicks off. I was, I'm just trying to look it up just now, just to see if I can actually figure it out on the fly. It's going to be yeah, because four o'clock, four <laughs> o'clock on Sunday kickoff. That's an interesting question. Oofed. Let's let's look it up. Let's. There's no way. There's no way the NFL game is on ITV One then. Wow, that's a really good call-out. So we'll do a bit of live look-up as that's happening. While that's being done and Gorn's looking it up, uh, Paul, can you pick it's me a not, number? It's, sorry, oh. it's, not on, it's not on ITV. No, it's not, because it's it must, FA it Cup 230 yeah. um, or or it's on ITV. It's not on ITV at all, as far as I can see. There you go. So we've bashed the coverage, but yeah, ITV have got the Rugby World Cup. England, that starts, well, it's a four o'clock kickoff, but it starts at uh, three o'clock, the, the coverage. So live lookup of the Sky Sports NFL. Um, As it's, uh, Sky are showing it. Sky yeah, are showing it. So that must have been the plan all along. Yes. That's just a happy coincidence then. It's a very happy coincidence if you don't have a ticket to go to the game. It's a very happy coincidence that England managed to get the worst Rugby World Cup draw in fucking history and ease their way into the quarterfinals. Hope you get grabbed. Right. Um, So I need a number between 1 and 20, please, Paul, for our whiskey winner. Uh, The projected number of interceptions to be thrown by Jameis Winston when he comes in, uh, 19. 19. So that one goes to Kieran Vance. 
Congratulations to Kieran. Bottle of whiskey, two tumblers, making its way to you. Okay, well, that's it for this episode of Smash. Thanks for taking the time to listen. As ever, share your thoughts on social media. Join our Patreon, and you can join the Patreon WhatsApp group of the image of which I've just changed. Uh, I'm sure Gordon will be delighted to see what's currently there. I've already seen it. Don't worry. It's lovely. I mean, the opportunity to change it was Monday morning. I think the fact that you've waited till Tuesday uh, just shows that your eye's not on the ball. The truth is, um, I forgot. I meant to do it yesterday, and I got busy uh, doing something else. So, yeah, there you go. Better late than never is what I say. Well, sometimes that does work. If you're heading to London for the game, and if you see that nice Gordon McGuinness, he'll no doubt be... I don't know if he's wearing a Ravens jersey because he's in the press box. He'll probably be three-piece suit looking dead smart. Give him a wave. If Cameron makes it down, he'll be there sporting some kind of San Francisco jersey, and I'll be there as well. So if you see any of us, just give us a shout, and we promise to talk to you because we're nice people. But for Charles Patterson, who exited early, for Gordon McGuinness, for Cameron Hobbs and myself, Paul Mitchell, thanks for listening. Bye for now.